Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. All right. Hey, Jeff. We um, have, it's felt like kind of like some spring-like weather in the middle of February, but it's been amazing. It's sun is shining. So um, happy to be here and happy to record with you. Yeah, we should be sitting outside doing this almost, it feels like. Oh, it's just, it's been really a treat, honestly. I just, I know probably won't last, but while we have it, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm debating if it means I can put the snowblower back in the shed. Uh, oh, no, don't do that. Then you're going to ruin it for the rest of us because then you know it's going to snow. I, I kind of wondered that. I sort of figured, yeah, that would jinx it, right? Mm-hmm. Not that we're superstitious. Not that, you know, as Christians, we don't believe in that stuff. But... No. <laughs> okay, Jeff. So let's dive in. Why don't you give us a summary from your sermon on Sunday? Yeah. So this is this last section of Matthew 13, which is itself kind of the end of a section of people's response to Jesus' teaching and miracles and the question that they've asked. And Jesus uh, has been sharing parables, these sort of interesting little stories taken from everyday life that Jesus says are ways of illustrating what the kingdom of heaven, what God's rule is like. And uh, Jesus shares a couple of parables picturing the treasure that we find in him and how that then actually even gets lived out in some further examples. So the, the parable of the treasure hidden in the field and the pearl of great price, uh, Jesus is, is sort of, it's sort of the lead into this idea that Jesus having him being in his kingdom is the treasure that's worth everything, that, mm-hmm. that is worth joyfully giving up everything to have. But not everyone sees that, not everyone accepts it, uh, because Jesus goes to his hometown and people like what he's saying and doing, but they're also a little offended. Like, Mm -hmm. who does this guy think he is? And Matthew comments that Jesus was not able to do many great works there because of their unbelief. Not because he couldn't, but there's just this blockage, right? It's like, uh, if you're cutting yourself off from Jesus, you're cutting yourself off from God's life and God's rescue and God's blessing. But for those who do follow Jesus, who see him as the treasure it produces a blessing in their life that flows out to others. Mm-hmm. But separating myself, uh, holding Jesus at arm's length, isn't just cutting myself off from the good that God would do in my life. It's about a direction of my life that, if carried on, will echo into my eternal destiny. And that's where Jesus shares this last parable about how life, blessing, joy is really only found in Him. And if mm-hmm. we cut ourselves off from Him, that's going to determine eternally where I, you know, how I exist and what I experience. Uh, So it's this encouragement that to have found Jesus means we're in the kingdom and, and we are the people of God's love and delight and joy and blessing who will experience eternal joy in his presence. But outside of Jesus, there's just eternal regret and sorrow. And so Jesus is, again, just it's all comes together in this idea that Jesus is the treasure. His kingdom is the one thing that it's worth giving up everything else to have. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Um, So is there anything from your sermon, like the material that you prepared, anything from that material that you needed to cut for the sake of time this Sunday? 
Uh, not, not a lot. I mean, it was a lot to go through in, in you know, in one message, but, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, there's always things where I'm looking back like, man, I, I, you know, hopefully some of the discussion questions that we post on our website can prompt some more of that sort of reflection. Yeah. I did run across this great, uh, quote that I, you know, it just, it didn't really fit exactly, but I just love the way this person put it. Um, the greatest revelation of God that is Jesus, is not something that few people found and many people missed. It's something that many people found, but few accepted. Like, wow, that's, yeah, it's not like Jesus is some secret hidden. I mean, he's out proclaiming and and Christians are out proclaiming the gospel. So it's, it's not like it's secret knowledge. It's this preaching of the gospel and the, and the message of the kingdom that, people here but for whatever reason you know like the parable of the soils there's something going on in our lives or we run into hard times and it really throws us back in ourselves and we ask yeah you know maybe following jesus isn't worth it this, mm-hmm. this isn't making life work for me the way i want i thought that wow that was a that's a great way of of putting it yeah do you think that that whoever um said that quote do you think that they were talking about the original church like the people who were alive when jesus was also alive or is this person talking about our current church Mm. could it be suitable for both yeah i think it's probably both and i mean because that's the i he's i think commenting just on the gospel story itself that jesus is going around people are seeing the miracles they're hearing the preaching so it's not like, as Jesus said, it's not like I, you know, hid my message. Um, I, I was out in public preaching to you every day. And hopefully that's true of us too, right? Like both in our lives and in our message and in our witness that people hear the gospel. They have an opportunity to hear the good news of God's rescue and his offer. And so it's not like it's hidden. It's not un- unavailable. But it's challenging because Jesus is saying, if you really are going to believe in me and be in my kingdom, that requires reorienting your life around me and and making me the treasure. And and that kind of gets to some of the, you know, the the, one wanted to dig into, you know, thinking through what are the other treasures we maybe tend to run after? It's not just. I come to a point in my life where I see Jesus as the treasure and I lay hold of him. That's an ongoing challenge for us, even as his followers, right? Like, what are the things that I run to for comfort when life isn't working? What are the things that I run after? Because I think it's going to give me life and joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. uh, Because those are the things I'm orienting my life around. Right. And, And Jesus is saying, well, actually, if I'm, if I'm the treasure and if I'm the king, you can orient your life around me and that's where you're actually going to find life and satisfaction and joy and fulfillment and hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, then what are some of the checks that you can put in place where you're like, it's not bad to pursue this career. It's not for the sake of, you know, glorifying God. It's not bad to build a family or pursue a relationship or any of these things growing um, even like, growing your wealth like but then there needs to be checks in place to make sure that your motivation is right so how do you like check yourself and like how can you do both and like is it possible to pursue these things in a godly way 
Wow, that, that can be a whole, you know, big cut for time in itself. I I think what I what's helped me is hearing some of those, yeah, kind of gut check questions from other people, you know, historically or people in my life along the lines of, oh, you know, things like, what is it that uh, I run to for comfort when life doesn't work for me? Uh, and And do I find my comfort in the promises in the presence of Jesus or you know, it's doom scrolling on social media or shopping therapy, or, uh, you know, what are, what are the things that I may tend to get addicted to almost not, you know, necessarily drugs, but there, there are things that start to become a pattern that I'm counting on to, to give me comfort or to, to give me hope. Uh, what I guess maybe another way to ask it would be, what are the patterns or habits in my life that are nurturing my relationship with Jesus so that I'm continually going back to him and relying on him and finding identity in him, like my mm -hmm. job, my family, my success doesn't become my identity. Um, what are the things that anger me the most and and why? What are the things that I'm afraid of and why? Hmm. And mm -hmm. then Jesus starts to, you know, as, as I can identify those things, then the gospel and my relationship with Jesus provides resources and hope and help for addressing those things. But I, I think that that's, those are some of the questions, uh, the reflection questions that, you know, maybe we don't, it's hard for us to take time sometimes to carve out to even think about those questions, but we're going to continue to live in this life and life's not going to work the way that we want or hope because Jesus says in this world, you'll have trouble, which, you know, is not one of those promises that we love, like we cross yeah. stitch and hang on our wall, yeah. but, but it's reality check. And, and yet Jesus saying, but take heart because I, Jesus, I've overcome the world. So it's possible to be in a world of disappointment, regret, loss, sorrow, uh, things just not working the way they're supposed to and not be overcome by it. So the, the being overcome by it is, again, that picture, I think, from last week of the soils where, you know, the difficulties and trials of life come and and there's the potential for choking out the, the seed, the, the word of God and its work in our lives or the deceitfulness of wealth and the, and the love of the desires of this life that can choke out the seed. Mm -hmm. So that's being overcome by the world. And, and Jesus is suggesting offering a way of relying on him and looking to him and the resources and the promises and the hope that we have in him that could actually produce life out of the disappointment because I'm looking to him for my fulfillment and my security and my peace and my joy and not the circumstances of my life that are prompting those responses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Um, all right. So Jeff, someone submitted a really, really thoughtful question to cut for mm. time. Um, really excited about it. And so good luck. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. So this past weekend, we were studying Matthew 13. We looked at um, 44 through 58. And um, she specifically is picking out a few verses. So starting at verse 48, 
um, Jesus says, when it was full, meaning the, um, the net, the fishermen pulled it up to the shore. They sat down, they collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. And I'm emphasizing good and bad. Then it continues in verse 49. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. So we hear um, good, bad, wicked, righteous. And then, um, Again, in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 45, we hear some similar language. Verse 43, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Um, and so we're, oh, and sorry, and then I'll continue. Verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of his heart his mouth speaks well, Jeff, we know that we believe that no person apart from God is good. We have we are not good on our own. Um, and so why is Jesus using this language of good and bad when really we're all bad? Um, and why did he talk so much about good and evil, like what was it about maybe the people he was talking to or um or like the point he was trying to make, because in isolation, when you like isolate these stories, mm. then you just think, I guess I need to be good. I can't be bad. Mm. And it goes to this idea mm. of earning salvation when that's mm. not it at all. And when you zoom out and look at the whole of the gospel or the whole of the Bible, you see it's not being good and being bad. Um, but then why did Jesus use this language to begin with? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're cut for time at this point, right? No, <laughs> those are really, those are really good questions. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot going on there, a lot to unpack. And I've been thinking about how can I, how can I kind of try and bring this down? I think Jesus is using in a sense, kind of some shorthand that in other places he expands on and yeah, absolutely. Jesus is not saying, well, you know, there's, good people and bad people based on, you know, how well they're performing. I, I think he's reading Jesus in context of all the gospels and then all the rest of the new Testament, we would say, for example, in thinking, I was thinking about John 15, where Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me so that you will bear good fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So, yeah, in one sense, Jesus is right there echoing the reality that apart from him, we're not good and, and there's not going to be anyone in that category. But if we know him, if we're in his kingdom, if we have a relationship with him, that means that we have been born again, Jesus says, and, and his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us in order to conform us to the image of Jesus. That's, that's the whole point. Like Jesus is the model and he's showing us the life that we're meant to live. So we're not inherently good or righteous in ourselves, but in relationship with Jesus, we're born again into a new kind of life so that we become the kind of people who actually do love and do what is good, not perfectly, Jesus is the only one who's good and, and righteous in himself. But it, it, it sort of goes to this whole idea of if we really have come to know and believe in Jesus, there is a transformation that starts to take place in us. And, and we start to reflect the goodness and the righteousness of Jesus in our lives. 
so that, you know, later on in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus is talking again about the end of the age and separating the sheep and the goats and, and those on his right and his left, and, and he talks about what they've actually done in their lives. He doesn't say, those of you who believed in me and, and trusted in my gracious salvation by faith, um, yeah. he's, he's saying it's going to be reflected in your life. You're, you're going to be the kind of people who care for the sick and clothe the naked and visit the people in prison and give a drink of water to the thirsty and feed the hungry. That's a reflection of what it means to know Jesus and to reflect his goodness in our lives. Just like, again, all through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is not giving us a new law to live up to in order to prove that we're good and worthy of being in his kingdom. He's saying, if we're the kind of people who are spiritually humble and meek and gentle and seeking him, it's going to be reflected in the way that we forgive enemies and pray for those who curse us and share our goods with others and do our deeds of righteousness not to be seen and, and get a recognition from others. Does that does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what about, though, like Jesus wasn't talking to the same group of people throughout all of his storytelling and ministry. Mm. So what if someone just heard this story in isolation? Like, is that possible? I know this is very hypothetical, but like, oh, sure. I mean, yeah, again, I we can't read these stories in isolation. And you're saying, you know, we do have the context of Jesus saying these other teachings. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like, why is you just said it was shorthand like good and evil like it was the yeah. best way to describe it to the people who are hearing it um why didn't he just come out and say like i don't know like why not just always be very clear that like apart from me you can do nothing just always preach the whole gospel all the time <laughs> yeah why well not? i mean that's kind of <laughs> it right like and that's the temptation that we as pastors and preachers have to face is we can't say everything there is to say all the time and yeah. Jesus very definitely has this pattern of uh, leaving people with questions to wrestle with sometimes. Like, the right, the, the, the uh, expert in the law comes up and asks, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, you know the commandments. What do they say? Well, go do that. And, and it's sort of like Jesus just lets the guy wrestle with that. Uh, and, and he keeps, you know, then the conversation goes on and he digs a little more and, okay, well, I've loved God and loved my neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Oh, well, let me tell you a story that'll encourage you to process and think through that. Um, yeah, that's, that is kind of the challenge, right? Like Jesus doesn't say all the things all the time that we would want to know, which is part of the reason why we're so thankful to have this collection of teaching from Jesus and about Jesus and through Jesus that we call the Bible, mm -hmm. because th this is what the, the community of God's people have handed to us as the collection of the things that we really need to hear and know and be able to reflect on. And, and so it makes us thankful that we have this. And yeah, in the immediate context, it, that's where sometimes it it's even just good for us to see how Jesus interacts and, and it becomes a way to maybe stretch us in our thinking and reflecting. Yeah, what, what does it mean to be good? Who are the good people? 
and and that's so Jesus is okay with leaving those questions hanging sometimes because it's meant to, I think, cause us to reflect and, and meditate. And of course, the people that are hearing him have a whole context too of being saturated in a culture that was just steeped in knowledge of God's word and God's covenant and God's relationship with his people that a lot of those questions would have maybe already been answered or they're thinking in the, they're, you know, percolating the background of their heads, maybe in ways that we don't uh, as much. Yeah. And maybe the, someone listening is like, well, can't I be both like kind of in the middle, which is something that you hinted at in your sermon, which is like, there is no middle, there is one way or the other. And um, it does leave people to make a decision, right? Um, yeah. Which is the point of our sermon series. It's something that I know was a goal for you and Joey at the start of our series was like, we see in this study of these chapters of Matthew that people who are confronted by Jesus's teaching are forced to make a decision. They need to decide one way or another, like who is Jesus in their life? Is he the one or is he just another, another teacher or another preacher or prophet? Anyways, we'll come to the end of the series. And I guess maybe we're, we're leaving people with this decision they can make. Yeah. And, and it's right. It's a question, not just of, uh, oh, yeah, I, I trusted Jesus all those years ago, and I know he's my savior. It's the ongoing it's the ongoing reflection and continuing to pursue Jesus. I mean, he's the treasure that we find, but he's the treasure that we keep seeking to have more of and know more yeah. of, right? It, yeah. It's we, we don't find him and then stop seeking. We find him and continue to pursue him to know him more because knowing him is life. And if knowing him is life, then... That means I'm constantly wanting to know more of him, to have more life, yeah. because he is the treasure. He's he's the center that reorients everything. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Well, um, that being said, we're moving into a new season. Our season of Lent starts tomorrow, which will be today for when this podcast is released. It starts with Ash Wednesday. For my own walk with the Lord, seasons um, help uh, define new patterns or, um, or like a healthy way to kind of find a new rhythm, um, in your relationship with the Lord, but also, you know, seasons change the food that you cook and your habits inside or outside your home and how you spend your time. Like those are all really healthy things that should change along with seasons. Um, and so with this change of the Lenten season, what kind of new habits or routines can come out of this season? Um, and, like, I guess, why do we go ahead and why do we get, begin with Ash Wednesday as, to set the tone for that season? What does that do mm. for us? Yeah, so for long, long centuries, almost back to the beginning of the church, um, the season of Lent uh, was preparation leading up to Easter, where we focus on our mortality our frailty, our need of Jesus, and more intentional reflection on our need for repentance and renewal uh, that would lead to a greater joy in what Jesus has done for us and, and who he is and who we are in him. And so it's uh, both an, an event that we started with Ash Wednesday, where the service is really built around that, that big idea of carving the space out in what's often, you know, a busy and distracted life 
to be reminded of our mortality and our frailty and our need for Christ and for the renewal that he brings by his spirit and inviting God to help us see the things that maybe we need to let go of or things that we need to take on in order to pursue Jesus as the treasure who, yeah. who brings life. So yeah, that's that pattern of uh, intentional sort of letting go or taking on is really the the shape of Lent itself. Uh, it's uh, on the, in the Sundays in Lent, we're going to be focusing uh, in Matthew's gospel, but we're going to skip forward a little bit towards what we call the passion, the, the suffering, the narratives around what Jesus experienced in the last uh, few days of his life here on earth and what that says about us and our need for renewal and repentance. And around that, yes, there's opportunities for us to reflect on what we might give up because there's it's something that's maybe grabbed too much of my heart, something that yeah. I've been treasuring uh, as opposed to treasuring Jesus, something that I become too dependent on uh, when it, it's really then letting go of that in order to seek a greater fulfillment in Jesus and, and what he has for me. So it's not beating myself up. It's not, uh, it's not making myself feel bad, or it's not saying, you know, I'm wrong, or I've done something sinful by having this thing in my life. But it's saying, maybe this has just become too important. It's gotten too much of a place in my heart. And I, I want to voluntarily let go of that in order to have more of Christ. On the other hand, it can also be taking on something, taking on uh, an, a habit that would be a discipline to help me get more of Jesus in a sense to experience more of him in my life. Right. Like, uh, you know, I've just, I've gotten kind of lazy about carving out time to just listen to God's word or pray for other people. And there's, or serve other people, you know, I've just, I've sort of shrunk in on myself and my life has become more about just me and i may take on a habit of some intentional service or uh giving to others in a way that i'm trusting god would work through that to bring life and joy and abundance to me as a result and it starts with ash wednesday yes it starts uh this wednesday night service at 6 30 where we'll have an opportunity to reflect on our need for a savior uh, and how God has provided that in Jesus. But, uh, you know, our regular habit, our rhythm on Sundays is we hear the good news of who Jesus is for us. It's an opportunity then for us to come and confess and be reminded of God's forgiveness in Jesus. And, and yet just doing that more deeply and, and more with more focus on Ash Wednesday can be part of that habit that process of carving out the space to yeah. acknowledge our need and God's provision in, in a more intense and focused way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to it. And you're yeah. teaching Ash Wednesday. Um, we won't have a cut for time from Ash Wednesday, but um, we will pick up cut for time with our next series, which is the way of the cross. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. 
If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.